Hello. It's me, Rory. I'm here for another Aw Man radio show thing at awman.net. And that was the birthday party QP Doll from Junkyard put out in 1982 on May 10th through Missing Link. And I always thought that was kind of an underrated song from that album. That one's kind of poked in the back there. I don't know if they even ever played that live. There's this website that lists all the songs that they played live and how often, and then also for like everything that Nick Cave ever did. I should have checked that. Um, so, yeah, I don't have a whole lot to go on this week, and I'll be honest and say that I just barely got this show together for this week after missing last week's show. So... My body is dismembered from my mind completely, <laughs> which is pretty average with me. That's pretty much my condition at this point. I know we got Zach going to join for I'm Allowed halfway through, as he always does, and hopefully always will, as long as the show exists. A uh, bunch of band camp finds, not from any one particular location, just kind of all over the place. I think I've dug up everywhere, or dug through everywhere that I was hoping to, and even some places that I didn't even think there'd be much of anything. And sometimes there wasn't. But then sometimes you find things in the, in the strangest places, in little towns in the middle of nowhere. And that's what's so cool about Bandcamp. But now I'm kind of trying to keep up with just what comes out on a daily basis, which involves a lot of digging through stuff that I'd rather not listen to. But I do it for you guys, you know? Taking one for the team here. Um, so a recent Bandcamp find of sorts is something I'm going to play next, Plop. They're from here in the Czech Republic, too. They just put out a new three-song EP, so I'm going to play uh, the second track from that called Speak Up. And this was released by the Learn or Go Society. Plop put out a single, I guess it was maybe autumn of last year and that was really good too and this this EP is pretty cool it's almost like the songs could almost just be one really long song but they split it up into three it makes sense if you listen to it, it, it yeah you listen to it and it'll do a better job of justifying that point than me talking about it so yeah I'm gonna get to that that was something I, I came across the other day because I think it only came out maybe a week or so ago And, uh, yeah, a bunch of other stuff from near and far and from recent and from way back. And uh, what else? I got a whole set of songs, song poems. I've done two sets of those in the past since I started the show. So I'll give you the rundown for what those actually consist of when I get closer to that at the, ha the halfway point of the show. Uh, and what the background on those is if you don't know and if you do know well I'll try and keep it concise because I've explained that a few times because it's such a weird thing uh, yeah I guess that's it let's go to plop let's 
had a sister, Angelina. Probably dancing with you. She liked to dance. She would have liked you. When she heard you die. Pretty girlfriend cried and cried and cried and cried and cried and cried and She liked to dance, and she would have liked you. the hammering out there who's got a hammer where is it where's the hammer is it on the go up on the other floor somebody go up there and stop the hammering stop the hammering call fucking phil griffin i don't care who the fuck you have to call stop the hammering empty out the goddamn control room and find out where this is going on it's either there or there or out there somewhere fucking out of control shit
Take your drink to the end of the bar, buddy. Let her stay there. Now don't be a fool. I'd as soon have a hot seat in sing, sing prison than to sit down by her on that stool. What's that you say? I guess you're right. It's nothing to me. See that man? She belongs to him. Buddy, better drink up and go while you can. I can tell by the way he looks at you, buddy. That he's sure a quick-tempered, jealous man. What's that you say? I guess you're right. It's nothing to me. There you are, stretched out. On the floor, buddy. Now you see what you made him do. Here they come to take him off to jail, buddy. And tomorrow someone will bury you. Oh well, that's life. Or it was. It's nothing to me. Sanford Clark, it's nothing to me. That was put out on a single. In 1968, through Records. Also heard the Twisters, Silly Chili, before that, from a 1961 WNG Records single from Australia, apparently. Pork Belly of San Francisco, before that, Chew from their Jinx and Chew EP. They put that out last year as a self release thing. Uh, Shellac of North America, Mama Gina, before Pork Belly, taken from 1000 Hertz, released in 2000 on Touch and Go, one of the greatest albums of our time. Elsa Leroy, before Shellac. Let me see if something will work here the way I hope it does. Google Translate, if you will. Mieux vaut tard que jamais from the EP, Mademoiselle Age, tendre 1965 chante. Okay, so it didn't really work the way I hoped, but yeah, the first part was the title of the song, and then the second part was the title of the EP. And then that came out in 1966 through Disc AZ, and then started stuff off with Plop, Speak Up, from You, The Hope, released by Learn or Go Society a few days ago. What was that date? 
you may wonder, as I do. April 6th, so yeah, four days ago. Um, what am I going to play now? That is the question. I know. I'll play a song called Wasp by the band Deco Club, or Deco Club. Depending on who you ask, and it's from an album of sorts that they call the Deco Club Band Presents. They're based in Seattle, Washington, and this release was put out on March 16th of this year. Though it's a little... How can I put it? It's an album, I guess, but it might even be better as two EPs. I think it would have been, but hey, I'm not in the band, so maybe they had better reasons than what I might surmise myself. Uh, The reason why I say that is because the first four songs have a very different production style than the last four songs. And actually, the first four songs were out earlier. They were out last year. Whereas the final four songs, which includes Wasp, came out this year when they had the March 16th release. So I don't know what the motives are there. But hey, the music's good anyway, and I really like this song, Wasp, so I'll get to that, and then yeah, more stuff from Bandcamp, Zach halfway through the song poem set, and who knows what else, sure some technical blunders and uh, some verbal mistakes here and there, and probably some factual errors, as is often the case on the show, so uh, all that and who knows what else.
Gee, uh, I'm not certain that he really, uh, uh, really carried those sacks out here.
Susie Jane Holcomb, need all the help I can get. Spread out by MGM on a single and uh, released in 1966. Produced by Lee Hazelwood. Arranged and conducted by uh, one of his regular collaborators, Billy Strange. Before that, I played the Met of Columbus, Ohio. Same place that uh, Zach lives, actually. Uh, Milk and Water was the song that was put out late last year, December, I think, as a self-released item. Before that, the Creeshells, Dracula, as you hear the guy say at the end of the song in a semi-evil tone that's not quite believable. Um, that was put out by a record label called Mew Record, M-U Record. In 1963 on a single. Then it was Shrouded Amps of Vancouver, British Columbia, Origami Cats from their album Make Me Strange, which they put out last year. And started it with Deco Club Wasp from the Deco Club Presents as self-released this year. Next, I will play something uh, that I found while digging around Bandcamp in the... Japan vicinity. Um, so this band, I have to make sure I pronounce all this stuff correctly, not because it's necessarily in Japanese. So the title of the band, or the name of the band, it looks like to read it L-L-R-R, but according to this Bandcamp page for the record, 
Uh, it's pronounced Lululolo. And then the title of the EP or album, whatever it is, is less than equals greater than. But it's the signs for those things. So it's like the little brackety thing, then the equal symbol, then the opposite brackety thing. You know what I'm talking about. I hope you do. Um, so yeah, that came out a couple days ago, April 2nd to be precise, week ago roughly, uh, through the call and response label. So that's what I'm going to play next. And then I got a bunch of other stuff to come after that. Right up until approximately the midway point of the show, at which time Zach Coons will be joining us through telephone to tell us what's on his mind, and maybe I'll even tell him what I think about what he's thinking. So, that's all to come here on AllMan.net.
sit around and cook some soups and eat bread and desserts and just get all fat and sassy. The pictures off the walls and burn them Move the chairs around Take the window curtains down and burn them Everything I see reminds me you were here I'm gonna change everything That holds a memory of you Oh yeah The candelabra set you gave me on the night of my birthday The records that you bought The hi-fi we love to play The decorated man will come and rearrange them I'm gonna change everything That holds a memory of you Oh yeah That holds a memory of you Oh yeah Take the carpet off the floor And throw it out the door Cause it's filled with tears 
And everything I find that brings you to my mind must disappear Every night I dream, I'll dream of someone new Yes, I'm gonna change everything that holds a memory of you I'm gonna change everything that holds a memory of you
Yeah. That was Jeffrey Lee Pierce from Temptation. No, it wasn't from Temptation to You. Why do I have that there? Love and Desperation. Oh my. Copy and paste errors, you know. Uh, comes off his solo album, Wild Weed, put out in 1985, which was in between incarnations of the Gun Club. Triple X Entertainment released that. Also heard Steve Bledsoe before that. <laughs> the really stupid and ridiculous, I'm going to change everything, where he's talking about taking the pictures off the walls and burning them. Which I, I appreciate because it's kind of a little upbeat of a song. And then it's it's kind of dark and so far he's you know tearing up the carpet and taking the curtains down because it reminds him of who he's, whoever he's talking about. But the very worst thing of all is this was put out on a single through a label called Superstar. Yeah, I guess it didn't pan out too well for Steve and Superstar. Um, Maze before that, also from Japan. Uh, the song was Psycho Eyes. This just came out recently through Lumpy Records. Uh, the album is called Two. Then before that, Diane and the Javelins, Who's the Girl, from a 1966 Columbia Records single. And then started things with... Uh, gee, I gotta look at the thing to know how to pronounce their name And I'm such a moron because I don't have it pulled up right now So I'm gonna do that Yeah Lulu Lolo From their album Less Than Equals Greater Than uh, And the song was I don't know if they told you what the song was Fastcore Mad Impression And that just came out through Call and Response so it's the halfway point of the show, and as usual, that means I'm going to call Mr. Coons. He just sent me a message, and he says he's ready when I am. So yeah, let's do it. I hope I keep my mailman called Mr. Mac away from Zach. My name is Meg, and I'm scared of Zach. Okay, hope this works. Uh, there we go. My friend. <laughs> hey, hey. What's going on, hey, man? How are you, buddy? <laughs> I'm pretty good, you know? It's been a bit of a scramble to get this week's show together, but at least I did it. That's the main thing. You got to lick the hot audio? Yeah, more or less. Or I'm still trying to lick it, but so far the, the licking is coming along. You're in the process of licking. Yeah. You're, you're licking as we speak. I am. I'm trying to lick something intangible that is basically an idea, whatever a radio show is. I don't really know. You're, you're licking the unlickable. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Could God himself lick the unlickable? I, uh, if he made something that was unlickable, can he himself lick it? That is the question. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's, that's something... That's something I don't know if we're going to be able to get into today. <laughs> that's a that's a that's a four hour panel discussion, I think, with uh, with with all the big minds in the business. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we're we're clearly two of the big minds in the business, but I think we got it. We we'd have to get a we'd have to get a quorum together for a, a big a big queue like that. Yeah, we would merely that's a, moderate that's a question like that uh, discussion. We would facilitate <laughs> yeah. it and bring on the greatest minds of, of our age to discuss it. 
Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's like, um, that's like one of those giant questions, like, what makes Toronto tick? <laughs> <laughs> that's something I puzzle about all the time. What makes what makes Toronto tick? Yeah, scientists are I still working it. on that. <laughs> no one will ever fully know, but one of these days I'd love to... I'd love to. I'd love to read some hard scientific data. <laughs> it's coming along, so I've been told. What anyway. makes Toronto tick? <laughs> not ticks. <laughs> I know that. I know that. That's not really a good thing there. They don't have a lot of ticks in Toronto, so that's pretty. That's pretty decent. It's a bigger problem no over ticking? here. Well, ticks, as in the insect, it's a big problem here. Oh yeah, I see what you mean. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm, I mean, more, more like ticking like a clock, but. I see what you mean, though. Like, yeah, mine's more like a, a hard-boiled, but also very intangible question. Like, <laughs> I just don't understand that city. It's 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 both incredibly normal and outrageously surreal to me. Toronto is a city. I, I just don't get it. And I love that about it. The city that kind of works. Yeah. Yeah, like in, in terms of being a well-ordered city, it's actually a really, it is a really well-ordered city. To my mind, compared to like New York certainly. City or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, like, um, yeah, just how it, it is, it's a, it's a well-ordered city that's uh, full of pretty polite people. <laughs> you, you, you Canadians are, are renowned for being a lot more polite than than your your neighbors to the south, including me. <laughs> Although I'm 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 I am really polite and generally speaking and friendly. But there's also a lot of people um, who don't know if they're being polite or not because they don't have the mental faculty for such critical self analysis. So that is <laughs> One, yeah. of, one of the main factors with Toronto that kind of contrasts against the otherwise very orderly nature of it. And moving there initially when I did many moons ago, I didn't understand that either. And having left there, in retrospect, it's still... I mean, I can put some theories together as to why that occurred, but how it makes everything work or how maybe things work, I don't know. Yeah, it, it'll it'll never be a question that's answered. <laughs> no. like call many in, <laughs> call in, listeners. Tell us what makes Toronto tick. The number is five 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 five. Or toll call free. in today. Let us know out there, listeners. One eight hundred Ah Man. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> what what is it? What is it that makes Toronto tick for you, dear listener? Yeah. <laughs> I know we got a, I know we have a big Toronto fan base <laughs> for this show, right? Oh, most certainly. Yeah. <laughs> the geographics, the, geogra- the, the geographic data skews toward Toronto. I might be gone from there, but I'm One not our- forgotten. Uh, I'm sure I'm pretty well close on forgotten. <laughs> yeah. What are you up as, to as today? Hard as they've tried. Um. Well, I'm walking primarily, just walking. I didn't. Um, I didn't sleep at all last night. I stayed up all night finishing up um, the writing and the composition for a new album. Oh, wow. 
So yeah, I, didn't, I, I slept. I didn't sleep a wink last night, and now I've just kind of got. I've got all this. I finished that, and now I've got this arranged kind of manic kinetic energy that I can't get rid of. That I'd like to get rid of. <laughs> I'd like. To, I'd like to get some rest. So I'm walking to try and <laughs> see if I can wear myself out. Okay. I was going to say, it uh, seems almost my... counterintuitive to go walking when you want to get some rest, but that end piece just explained it, the fact that you need to burn off this kind of manic energy that sometimes results from sleep deprivation. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And also, you know, just working on something that you're intensely interested in, you know. Yeah, right. Like if, I, if I'm working on something that I'm, that at least for me is really interesting and challenging. I can work on it for days, you know, like no, no trouble, but I'm finished. I want to, <laughs> but I can't dial myself back down from being in this really incredibly in, engaged, uh, artistic, you know, like the, like flow. And then that like kinetic creative energy, I would like that to now go away. <laughs> I want to. I, I want to now. I want that. I want that uh, now to be um, completely dissipated. But it's, it doesn't work like that, unfortunately. Usually, I just have to wear myself out physically, and that'll. I'll finally just kind of burn it off, I guess. Yeah. But I'm. I'm thinking that will probably take. I already. I so I started. I finished the album around. 6, 6.30 a.m. here, Eastern Time. And uh, I've been walking since then, so I've actually already walked 15 miles a day. Man, alive. And, uh, yeah, I don't know what that translates to kilometers, but, like, like way more kilometers than miles. That'd be, like, 21, 22 kilometers, I think. No, it's more. It's more like 30. Oh, shit. Yeah. It was nuts. So, Yeah. It's not uncommon if I if I have a day to myself where I have the time to do it. I I, I walk that much. Free, I walk that far pretty frequently because I enjoy it. And I now I'm writing um, as I walk. I take a little notepad with me, and ideas come to me when I'm walking. I don't I don't find it. I don't find that I'm able to sit at a desk and ideas come to me. It, it, does, it doesn't work like that. I mean, I can do it, but it, I, have, I more have to force it that way. But if I'm moving, it's like everything's moving. My mind's moving. You know, um, I'm able to process ideas, just the, just being like out and about in the world, I find it to be helpful. But if I like, if I tried to sit down and write in a coffee shop or something like that, it wouldn't work at all. There are like people around me jibber jabbering. I wouldn't be able to do that, but just the ability, like walking around and getting kind of the white noise of cars driving, um, is for maybe an unexplainable reason helpful to me, like with my product. Because I, oh, I'll write between four and five five hours a day, usually something along those lines, about about every single day, and I've primarily doing that I'll so for that I'll usually walk for 
about three hours of that, and then spend the last hour or so compiling everything that I've like come up with along the way, and uh, you know, trying to try to get it in what I think is a, what I think is an orderly fashion. Probably might not seem like that to everyone else, but. Well, I think you got what the system figured out for your own purposes. And it's, you know, like you say, I can't do, I don't know what the big deal is about people wanting to go to coffee shops and try and write stuff or do work there. I I just like to be at home myself. Or, you know, I mean, I can kind of do what you're doing to an extent and go out and walk and kind of like think through an idea for some time. But, yeah, I mean, the bottom line being I don't find any uh, inspiration or anything that lends me to focus better if there's just people buzzing around up to stuff. That's, that's not my scene. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. For, I mean, I don't drink coffee and I just, not only do I not drink coffee, I detest coffee culture, like cafe <laughs> coffee culture. I know that's, that's going to be an unpopular idea in, in Europe. And actually it's a very unpopular idea here in the U S I mean, everyone here is like nuts and bananas about coffee. But yeah. I, I detest coffee. I, I hate it. I feel um, <laughs> really anxious yeah. and irritable. And I'm already, I'm already kind of irritable anyway. I don't. I really don't need any help. I don't. I don't need anything that's going to make me actively more irritable than what I would already be. I'm trying to become less irritable, <laughs> if it's possible. Some days that's not possible, but. If and when that's possible, that's, that's definitely what I'm, I'm trying to achieve, you know, like a more meditative state of mind. And exercise does that for me. And then I, I listened to a, a, an interview, this was several years ago, where Mary Oliver, the uh, American poet, was talking about her writing style. And, and she does the same thing, although she walked around in the woods, which would be... I'd probably prefer, but I live in the middle of a goddamn city. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna drive a half an hour just so I can walk in the woods for a few hours and then drive back. It's, that doesn't make sense to me. I just because that would take an an hour more out of my day that I already that I don't have time for. And then you're kind so of I'm, I make polluting do with what I have essentially polluting the environment so you can go out in the woods. It's a little contradictory. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I mean, she she lived in a place where she could do that. I. And I was, you know, I was doing that in Tennessee, but here in Columbus, I mean, I'm, I live in the city, city, I'm in the inner city, so that's just not an op. that's not an option. Yeah. Of course, <laughs> walking in this part of town has its own difficulties, as I've chronicled, and we just had a, a Brittany, uh, my girlfriend and I just had a, um, a, an experience just, uh, just a few days ago that kind of illustrates how that like the difficulties of walking around uh you know kind of a lower middle class to you know like impoverished neighborhood has uh we were walking and we're just like walk walking holding hands enjoying the sunshine and these kids I, they probably were like i don't know early teens maybe 12 years old they started following behind us, screaming at me that I was a rapist. They were like, and, and this is in the middle of the neighborhood, you know, like everyone's hearing these kids, and they're, they're just like, 
You a rapist, man. You raping that girl. You, you, you raping that girl. Let go of that girl. Ugh. Walking and holding hands, you know, it's like, and there's no adequate response to that. You know, they're not yeah. like adults that can be like, hey, shut up, or, you know, you're, or, you know, there's going to be repercussions for what you say in some way, shape, or form. I mean, I may not be, I wouldn't, maybe wouldn't necessarily try to engage with someone physically because they're doing that, but I could at least, you know, Yeah, otherwise you're just some kind of some kind of measured response to it. Otherwise you're just some old guy yelling Um, at kids, so Exactly. Yeah. And also yelling at someone that you're not a rapist (laughs) pretty much makes you look like a rapist. (laughs) So it's like it's like if somebody's screaming at you, you're a rapist, if you scream back at them, I'm not a rapist, makes you look like a rapist. So it's like there's no, even if they were adults, and I want to be you just be totally crystal super clear, since you know there's there's no like allegations or cancel culture thing going on around this at all. These are kids I don't know at all, and I, there's, there's no there's nothing like that like circling around my name. These are just like kids that are. Just random kids who are trying to cause being trouble. meddlesome and troublesome. Yeah, but you know, and usually, I had the experience. I had the experience pretty often. You know that people will call me like slurs for a gay person, but I don't care about that. Who cares? Like, so what if I am? You know, yeah. None of your business if I am. I don't. I don't consider that a slur at all. It's like. If I was, I wouldn't care someone, well, I wouldn't want somebody to call me a slur, but I don't consider it as a an assault on my character to be gay, you know. But I certainly, <laughs> it's certainly a, a pretty, a, 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 a pretty uh, a profound slur to be called a rapist. That's <laughs> certain, not something I want to be identified with at all. So... Yeah, what did you they do with of, all they, that? They had, me, they had us over a barrel. Yeah. All we could do was just ignore them and, and walk along, but they're screaming at us on a day when it's really nice out and everybody in the neighborhood's out, so you got people in the neighborhood. And <laughs> seeing these kids call me this and, like, maybe associating that in their mind, like, they don't know me. Yeah. So it's pretty mean spirited uh, and unnecessary stuff. Yeah, yeah, and it's just what is going through their mind? Like, what? Why would you do that to a person? I mean, I, you know, I was, I was a, I was a rebellious kid, and certainly did a lot of stupid things that I regret. But I, that's why that's that's taking it to a to a really really dark sinister level like characterizing it's like just accusing a random stranger of murder you know like well that's uh that's a really unwholesome thing to to say about a person you know yep but you don't know at all 
All I got to say is, no, sir, I don't like it. Yeah, I'm with you, horse. <laughs> uh, no, sir, I don't like it. I, I will. I would like to avoid it if possible. But then there's a part of me that, like, Brittany, Brittany suggested we just don't walk there anymore. Yeah. And so I'm going to respect that with her. But I'm not going to let these fucking kids decide where I walk and where, where I can walk and where I can't walk. They're not going to determine, like, whether I feel okay to walk around in my goddamn neighborhood. Fuck them. I'd rather, if there are any repercussions, I'd rather face the repercussions than let them determine where what I'm going to do with my life. I just hope maybe they smart passed them. <laughs> like, it's pretty. What's that? It's pretty malignant. That kind of thing. Like I don't know. Maybe they just got to yeah, find something exactly. better to do. <laughs> well, I, I I passed them a couple of days ago uh, when Brittany wasn't with me. Like I said, you know, I, I respect her decision. And actually, that's probably the smartest thing to do. Uh, no one's ever accused me of being smart. But, um, yeah, I just I mean, I just kept walking it. And I so they were there, and I just, like, crossed the street just so I could, like, I just gave them a look, like, daring them to say anything, you know? It wasn't like, there was no, it wasn't violent, but it was more like claiming a proper authority, like... I'm not going to tolerate this. I'm not going to allow myself to be characterize myself in this way. And if you, you're going to have something to say, you're going to say it right here to my face and we're going to have a discussion about it. I'm definitely not saying I'm going to engage physically with children, obviously, but I am going to, you know, like claim more, claim more of an authoritarian role with them of like, you're, you're fucking kids. You're not going to decide where I walk and where I don't where I walk. You don't get to, you know, scream at a stranger and get them to change their life and bully them. It's not gonna. That's not gonna cut the mustard for me. Yeah, well, I don't know, buddy. I just hope <laughs> hope that dies down. That'd really boil my piss. So. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know. Like I said, I, I walked right next to them. They didn't have anything to say when I was like, I, like I said, I just walked right by them, like staring them right in the eyes, just more or less letting them know that if they, they say that to me, I'm going to respond in some way. I don't think I have it ac- adequately figured out in my mind exactly what I do, but I, I would trust myself to be able to claim, you know, able to like develop the kind of tone that just lets them know that that's not going to that's not going to cut it yeah. I'm not going to allow myself to be screamed at without yeah. them having to have a discussion about it an uncomfortable and an, an uncomfortable because people that's how that's how bullies and manipulative people continue functioning no one says anything to them you know they like they continue their kind of malignant assault on people without without being confronted by them. I'm, I will at least confront them and be like, "It's not okay to talk to people like that. I'm not going to tolerate that. You're going to have to. You're going to. You're going to shut up, or we're going to talk to your parents, or we're going to talk to somebody about this. But I'm not the one. 
Yeah. Try, it might work on other people, but. Yep. Well, I think that's the most constructive approach. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I don't know if it's even possible to have a constructive conversation around it, but I want them to at least know I'm not going to be made afraid. I'm not, no one's going to make me afraid. Is that what's the worst that can happen? I mean, the worst that can happen is they pull a gun out and shoot me. Well, I'm going to die someday. But while I'm alive, I don't want to, I don't want to die at all. I really, I'm, I, I love being alive, although it, it comes with its own set of complex, complexities and difficulties and pain and suffering. But I, it beats the alternative. But I don't want to live my life in a way that other people, like, make, like, that I'm afraid and change my behavior because I'm afraid. You know, like, there's, I think there's a lot of aspects in life where you, you have to, you have to accept that life has a tremendous amount of risk (laughs) involved in it. All of us could very easily die any second of our lives. And that's an uncomfortable and unpleasant truth about life. But I don't, I'm not, I'm not afraid. I mean, I'm not afraid to die. I would like to, I would rather, I would definitely rather die than live in a way that is where I'm like living constantly in fear. So, I mean, this is a, this is a small stand. (laughs) Um, I think I could be reasonable. Like if someone's, openly threatening me with a gun or something like that, you know, maybe I would, I would think, I would hope at that point I'd be smart enough to just stop, stop going to that area. Maybe not. Hard to say. I'm just contrary by nature, but. <laughs> yeah, well, I just know. hope you don't get that. You don't um, have to make that decision. <laughs> maybe that'll be for the best. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know, me, me too. I mean, I carry like, it's terrible that I have to do it, but I carry around like mace and a taser and that sort of thing with me because it is a, it is a very dangerous neighborhood. But that's the thing, though. Most of the people I like, I've made friends with a lot of people in the neighborhood, and I enjoy getting to interact with people that I wouldn't normally get to interact with, or that I wouldn't normally, you know, I wouldn't normally meet you out the porch today. There's an older lady that, uh, like, on, on one of my walking routes, who uh, one day I, I saved her dog from getting hit because she was it ran away from her, and she wasn't just physically wasn't able to run after it and get it before it ran out in the traffic, and I did that for her, and I've made really good friends with her. Like, she, I'll stop every day, and she knows that I key, so she gets... She gets tea, and we sit on the porch and shoot the shit about the neighborhood and that sort of thing. I think that's I treasure that. Like that's a one that's a really beautiful part of my life that I wouldn't have if I wasn't walking around and and talking with people and and like engaging with people. I mean, there is that there's that downside, but that downside is the vast majority of my daily interactions. Most of my daily, I mean, I talk to every person I pass. I at least say hello to every person I pass. I talk to people if they 
seem like they're interested in talking. And um, and most people are friendly and seem to enjoy talking. It's the thing, like, people... I was reading this study where people have it in their mind. Like, they were doing a, a study on... I know we're getting slow on time, so I'll, I'll finish with this little bit of scientific data. <laughs> Here, well, okay. But they did this this study on this on the... Um, uh, in Chicago on the uh, the railway system, the train. And so one part, of, one part of the control experiment was people who got on the train and actively didn't, in, didn't interact with anyone at all. The other part of the experiment was you could do whatever you want, and most people chose to not interact with anyone because that's what people do normally. And then the final part of the controlled experiment where people who it was in their charge to actively go out and try and have a conversation with someone, not like filling your guts or telling them personal things, but just general interaction, asking them about their day, listening to them. And the people that actually did that uh, reported that across the board, everybody everybody's day was improved significantly by doing that, even though they reported before they did the experiment that they didn't think it was a good idea or it was outside of their comfort zone. So, I mean, so, so much of our life now is totally automated. You know, like we get our, we get our music online. We do our banking online. We're like, so, so many parts of our life have become robotic and, and like, doesn't have us interact with people, but we're, we're social creatures. We, 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 we need interaction with other people to, you know, it's like improves our mental health and improves our social skills. And most people, most people's social skills aren't that great because they don't interact with people very often. That's the only way you can really improve it is by more or less practicing, you know, like practicing the ability to have a conversation with a stranger. Anyway, <laughs> that's my little that's that's my little lesson I'm in, I'm imparting to anybody who's listening. Probably just you, but <laughs> if anybody else is, is listening out there, go out and have a go out and start a conversation with a stranger today. I bet and I I bet it will improve. I bet it will improve your mood and make you feel better about about yourself and most importantly about other people. All right, that's the takeaway. <laughs> yeah, I'm just rambling like crazy today, buddy. But as always, it's a uh, it's a big thrill talking to you. I still got this wild kinetic energy, so I'm I'm going a million miles a minute today. But <laughs> I appreciate you bearing with me today. I know, I know it can be sometimes difficult to, uh, to bear me because I have to do it 24 hours a day, seven days a week. I know it's no small task, um, but uh, always, I always enjoy it when we talk, and I, I, I enjoy, I'm just so uh, thankful to have a good friend like you. 
right back at you, my friend. It's it's a treat, and there's a reason why I <laughs> I call you almost every Saturday for the show. So yeah, let's uh, yeah, <laughs> we'll keep it going. It means a lot to me, and it really it, it significantly improves. It, it significantly improves my life, uh, and I just uh, I'm. I'm thankful for you, buddy. That's what I'm trying to say. I appreciate it, my friend. So, uh, yeah, I wish you the best of luck out there today, and hopefully uh, no no negative encounters on the way back home. <laughs> yeah. All right, my friend. I'll I'll let, I'll let you get back to it. I'm back. I'm gonna I'm gonna tune in as soon as we. As we part, I'm, I always I love the uh, I love the theme set, so I'm looking forward to tuning in, buddy. I'll, I'll be seeing you. All right, you betcha. Be seeing you, pal. Bye bye. All right, buddy. Goodbye. Don't turn your back on Zach. Watch out for Zach. Wee wee All right, well, I'm going to get into that song poem set I was talking about uh, earlier on the show and give a real concise, or attempt to give a concise definition as to what a song poem is. So, basically, years ago, it was common in magazines for these companies to put ads in, uh, yeah, like newspapers, magazines, whatever, uh, and they'd say, we can make you famous, send in your poems or lyrics, and you could send in whatever old garbage you want it to. And then they'd write back, oh, that's great. How about you pay us like several hundred dollars and then we'll turn it into a song. And they actually would honor that piece of it, but they would not go any further to try and promote it. So you'd get a really hastily made song uh, of questionable quality put together. And then, of course, a lot of the uh, subject matter that was written for these was strange inadvertently. People just not knowing what the hell they were putting together or just being really amateur about it. Or sometimes people deliberately kind of screwing with the system and putting really weird stuff together. So this set is a bunch of songs that fall into that category. Things that, uh, you know, it's just somebody scrawled down a bunch of words, sent them in. These companies turn them around as quickly as they could. And then, you know, there's just hundreds of these songs that are floating around. Uh, many of which are, are really charming. And some of them were just downright terrible. So I, I figured I'd mix it up for this set. Uh, I found this one today that I'm going to start off with. It's called The Yo-Yo by Bobby Blake. Uh, it's, well, I'm surprised it's considered copyright, but that's what I found online. It was copyright 1978 and put out on a single by MSR. So this is, I guess you could also specify what sort of genre you wanted your song poem to be in. And this one obviously is kind of like trying to play into the disco style popularity of the time but uh, I guess it's a dance sensation that never really caught on the yo-yo uh, but we'll, uh, we'll at least be able to well you know you, if you're at home you can try and do the yo-yo I think the instructions are, are pretty clear so yeah here's Bobby Blake Yo-yo, swing your hips with every 
difference between big wood and brush? Do you know the difference between big wood and brush? Some men, when going through the chain, don't seem to patch things up that old men remain. Some men stay with their wives for many years, keep pushing forward, trying to conquer their fears. Brush sometimes seems to get into their way, causes them to want to get out and play. Brush has a tendency to get in their way, comes along and drives them astray. Do you know the difference between big wood and brush? Do you know the difference between big wood and brush? You may think this is hearsay, and I don't know what I'm talking about. But hear this story about my sister, and you will soon find out. Her husband dropped her at the hospital, as he had always done. She got off duty and waited for her husband to return. She went over and called home on the phone. But he did not answer, he was not at home. He had been fairly punctual in the past Then she looked and saw him through the window glass Do you know the difference between big wood and brush? Do you know the difference between big wood and brush? He said he was late cause he'd run over a woman's foot This was the beginning of his search for another route he had been accusing her of holding him back He went out to meet that woman, he thought he was on the right track As time went on she thought that things were going along good But he said things were bad between them as they stood His other woman had called the house several times on the phone June came along, he slipped into the house, got his clothes and was gone uh, do you know the difference between big wood and brush? Do you, do, you know? do you know the difference between big wood and brush? Then one year and five months later, her life could not be any greater. He called on Thanksgiving night, said he was coming home to get things right. Brush always seems to burn out, but Bigwood keeps burning on. That's why he turned around and came back home. Do you know the difference between Bigwood and Brush? Do you know the difference between Bigwood and Brush? Go daddy, go daddy. 
go. As long as the music is a playing, you dance like a star in the sky. There's a great big smile upon your face each time you go rockin' by. Everyone in the hall is a jumpin' to a tune that's called Dolly O. So come on, boy, shake for joy.
almost down. And the people were rushing home from everywhere. And I too was one of them going home after an honest day of work with the hope to meet and hear the sweet, soft hello I used to know. But instead I heard a siren call roaring in the air and the ambulance with its blinking light was speeding away. I did not know who was inside the ambulance until I reached the nearest telephone. And the first thing I did, I made the call to my sweetheart's home. Somebody else answered in an unusual low voice, your darling, your darling is dying. He took the wrong kind of sleeping pills. By the time I reached the hospital, it was still not too late. I saw my sweetheart lying on a stretcher, almost dead. The doctors, nuns, and nurses were standing by, and they tried to do everything to revive him. stepmother and her father did not let me marry my darling whom I love better than my own life Just melt your heart. Uh, yeah, the evening is approaching. Is the name of that one by Terry and the Librettos from an album called Terry, Danny and the Librettos, put out by MSR. And that would have been just a collection of song poems by different people that the MSR company record label, whatever you wanted to call it, put together, and then had those musicians do those. So I guess they thought it would be cute and make a compilation out of it. Probably be a really terrible record to sit down and listen to. Imagine listening to a whole album of that stuff. Um, and yeah, it's just so weird <laughs> that the guy that the narrator's describing took the wrong kind of sleeping pills. Like, what do they have? Just several bottles of sleeping pills next to their bed, and it's like, you know, you're supposed to take the the ones in the the fucking green jar but you took the ones out of the purple jar instead and then that sent you to the hospital whoops yeah anyway uh before that jim wheeler and the swinging strings go go girl from a film city single then from another film city single uh rod rogers also with the swinging strings go daddy go um and that's rod keith who's one of the i guess most prolific song poem musicians or he was anyhow. Um, before that, Gary Roberts and the Satellites, Do You Know the Difference Between Big Wood and Brush 
from a Sterling single and then started with Bobby Blake, The Yo-Yo. I got about 10 minutes to go and I have more music than what I can probably fit in to that time. So I'll play what I can, pop back and say what I played and then uh, maybe I'll have one more song to squeeze in at the end and that'll be it. So uh, yeah, started off with Child's Pose, Eyes to the Right from a release of the same name put out by Thrilling Living earlier this year. She went into it, good fight. No one there to tell her otherwise. There's no precedence there. Being falling firm on fresh soil. Just looking for a chance to learn. Just looking for a chance, just a chance really. Sun, sun, glow, eyes to the right. But nothing to cling on to. Nothing, nothing at all.
Joy Semantic from a self-titled release that they put out this year. Uh, when was that? April 2nd. Through Feel It Records. Uh, then there was Dry Cleaning, New Long Leg, through 4AD. That's the title track of their record that came out. What was that? March? No, also April 2nd. I guess it was a good day for new music. Uh, and... Uh, Lardo before that from 2017 Sinking the song was Call Me Karma and that was put out by Alliterative Accord Recordings started the set with Child's Pose Eyes to the Right from Eyes to the Right put out by Thrilling Living that's it for this week I will very much plan to return next week and I hope I actually do thanks for being here Replay will be posted soon. Uh, yeah, and I guess that's it. Playlist will be up, all that stuff. And that's all I got to say. I don't have any more time for more music, so I'm just going to end it right here. Just look after yourself, as they always say, because no one else will. Let us get the fuck out of here. Be seeing you. And you.